Alright, welcome back to Magic with a K. I'm Danny. And I'm Alex. And today we're actually going to be having just a fun show. It's going to be all about what would potentially make up the American pantheon of gods if for some reason we didn't have uh, the Judeo-Christian influences that we have. Like I said, this is just a fun show. We're just having fun. None of this is to reflect what anybody is currently worshipping or anything like that. It's just all about having fun. And uh, a couple rules we have for our fun little game is one, um, we're not in indicating that these deities, whether they be deities or not, are the deities indigenous to this land so much as they are the deities that would be indicative of the current macro culture of the land. Right. Uh, so we do understand and respect that there are indigenous deities to this land and we are trying to give no offense there. Right. Um, second of all, we've come up with some archetypes um, and are trying to kind of figure out who is in what archetype. Some of these characters are real-life historical figures. Some are not. Um, but we're just going to have a little bit of fun putting together what we think would be the all-American apple pie pantheon. Right. So to start it off, probably what would have happened uh, to the early settlers coming over here and then up through the modern age you probably would have had the overarching basically grand spirit uh, you know all father type deal in the sky type thing uh, like that song you know going up to the spirit in the sky well it's yeah that probably would have been or would have evolved into yeah. if there was an actual pantheon um, and then, of course, one of our favorites that we talked about and laughed about for a while was, uh, obviously, you know the war god is going to be Uncle Sam. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Um, we've all <laughs> seen the posters of Uncle Sam from World War One and World War Two. I want you. Uh -huh. um, and, uh, you know, because when you think about Uncle Sam, I don't know about you, but I think he, he pulls off a very Aries personality. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because he's got, well, he's got, of course, obviously the red, white, and blue, yep. right? So he's representing the, you know, the foundation of America, and he does. He wants you to join up so that, that way you can fight for truth, justice, and the American way. Yep, um, and in a way that a lot of war gods were, um, you, you fight for your country, you fight for your cause, Right. The the merit of the cause can be debated till the cows come home, but um, you know, he was very much you're part of the cog, you're a cog in the wheel of the war machine. Right, and everybody doing their part is what makes America stronger and better yes. and able to fend off all enemies everywhere. And he was an invention of a very militaristic war time. I mean, these oh, are the yeah. world wars. Right, and so therefore it's one of those Right, he's more of a modern incarnation, mm -hmm. and therefore it's one of those, you know, only been around for about 100 years. Yeah. But it's one of those, just like most, any type of deities you study or anything like that, one of the ways, obviously, that they have some power is they're, even, even in the early stages, is they gain a lot of worshippers very fast. Yes. And it's one of those because they represent usually something that's very ingrained, and they're usually able to go on a national level, no matter where they are. So that way, it's one of those they can gain those followers. Because just like I've always heard, you know, what's the best way to kill a god? Just ignore them. Yeah. That's it. No, I mean, the truth is that gods are one of the prevailing theories on deities is that gods very much believe or exist off of your worship energy. So right. if you don't give it to them. And um, we as a country have been pretty good at feeding that sort of fight for the cause energy into mm -hmm. Uncle Sam. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, his initials are U.S. on yeah, purpose. Right, exactly. You know, all of, it's, all of it's geared around that. So, therefore, that's why we picked him as, as, the, as the war deity. And, and definitely as a very emblematic deity. I mean, you oh, wouldn't yeah. have said that Ares is the chief deity oh. in ancient Greece. I think right. we all agree that that was Zeus. Mm -hmm. However... If you went to, uh, you know, Sparta, right? What's the deity that you're going to say exemplifies Ares. Sparta? Oh, it's yeah. Ares. So when I say what deity 
exemplifies the U.S., mm -hmm. I would definitely go Uncle Sam. Right. Uh, so you've got that, and then uh, we move into... So we actually had some northern, southern type deal going here with... Uh, if anybody remembers a character named Paul Bunyan, yeah. Paul Bunyan was supposed to be this... Uh, He's a legend, obviously, and it's one of those, he's supposed to be like, oh, I forget how tall he is. He's like, you know, Chrysler building or something like oh, that. Yeah, I he's mean, he's huge, huge, and he's got the pet got blue the ox. He's got the, yeah, the blue ox named Babe, mm -hmm. and it's one of those, he, uh, you can, if, if you have like Disney Plus, I think it's on there, they've got like, I think they've still got the cartoon with him, and like Johnny Appleseed, we're going to talk about him in a minute, Pecos Bill, we'll talk about him. They've, they've got a great little cartoon about all that. And, yeah, it's, you know, Paul Bunyan, of course, was the guy that was he was chopping down trees. That's why he had the axe. And he's basically a, a, doing all kinds of stuff. And so when he basically got, I think he got beat by a machine or something like that that was supposed to chop wood faster than him or, or whatever. And then that's when he and Babe went up north and supposedly them... Uh, throwing each other around and wrestling and everything is what causes the northern lights. Yeah. At least in that legend. So he kind of got some some Paul Bunyan probably up north, not so much south, but south would probably be Johnny Appleseed. Yeah. And Johnny Appleseed um, is, for those who don't know the legend, uh, he, quote, conquered the west, and by the west we mean everything west of New England, um, by planting apple seeds. And so he was a real actual historical figure mm -hmm. um, and the interesting thing is that most people anybody who doesn't know much about apple production is that when you plant a seed from an apple that tree that grows is probably gonna have awful apples like 99% <laughs> of the time awful apples those apples are good for like making apple cider and that's about it mm -hmm. um, and in fairness that's what he was trying to do but the reality was at the time if you could quote transform the land you could claim the land mm -hmm. and by planting the apple seeds and growing the apple trees he was then taking quote wild land and turning it into farmed land right um and it's not terribly difficult to grow apple trees from seeds um anyone who's ever had a macintosh apple for example that apple, all the Macintosh apples in the world come from a base stock tree. And what they do is they cut off limbs and graft them onto other trees. Um, but, yeah, um, apples are, are, are weird. Um, so Johnny Appleseed claimed a large amount of land by just randomly planting seeds. And he would tell people, oh, I'll do it for you. Right. I'll plant the seeds for you and give you the land for a price. Mm -hmm. Right. So he... Yeah, his whole, that was his whole deal in historical fact. In legend, it's one of those, yeah, he, he became this mythic figure that just walked all over the place from the Appalachians all the way, you know, to the Mississippi, allegedly, and just planting apple seeds everywhere. And therefore, it's one of those, he's the one that helped conquer the West, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And then, which moves into our next one, uh, the one that conquered the rest of the West was Pecos Bill. Yeah. And he's actually more of our weather deity type guy because yeah. it talks about he's able to lasso a tornado. Yeah. He's able to, you know, do stuff with rivers, all those different things. And so, like, nothing nothing scared him. You know, he could ride a tornado type deal. He could do all those things. So, like I said, he's more of our weather deity guy. I, I think it's interesting when we look at these three, um, you know, legendary figures. In their stories, none of them are ever really claimed to be anything more than heroes. Like, mm -hmm. Hercules, I guess, mm -hmm. would be where I would say um, a comparison is. But Hercules eventually does become a god, too. Right. Um, but when you look at them, you know, uh, very much about uh, Johnny Appleseed, very much an agricultural deity. Oh, absolutely. Um, Paul Bunyan, um, a nature deity. Mm -hmm. Pegos Bill, a nature deity. But what I think is interesting is that they're very much the American version of an agricultural and nature deity. Oh, and that they're very much about conquering nature. Oh, absolutely. About manifest destiny. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, that's a big one. Yeah. yeah. So it's, yes, it's nature and agriculture, but it's a very American version of it. Which is the whole point. Exactly. Right. Which I think is why they fit so well into our American pantheon. Right. Uh, and, 
you know, the, the Paul Bunyan thing, it's one of those, even though he's, like, kind of chopping down trees, doing stuff like that, and getting the lumber, and therefore able to conquer the land, uh, there was also another part that went with him where they were actually, like, replanting trees. Yes. So, therefore, it's one of those, not only is he chopping stuff down, but he's still replanting, because he, anybody who's ever done any lumbering, uh, <laughs> you know that, obviously, if you just clear-cut the land, that causes a lot of problems. Now, we know that now. Uh, back in the day, they didn't necessarily have that much knowledge of it, so to speak. But And they also couldn't clear-cut land nearly as, as Not well. Not like we can now. So, but, yeah, if you clear-cut land and you don't plant trees back, you're going to have huge problems. Oh, yeah. But we know that now. Mm-hmm. So it'd be kind of that, okay, that's, once again, an evolving deity type deal to where it's one of those, yeah, you get past the initial, okay, hey, all he did was cut down trees. Well, now he's also planting trees. So he's, you know, he's restoring the forest even though we need lumber so that, that way we can build houses, so that, that way we can live, so that, that way we can, you know, quote-unquote conquer the land, so to speak. <laughs> but you still have him as, as kind of, a, but he also had the ox because the he couldn't pull, or he just didn't want to, probably pull the stuff to the sawmills. So he had Babe do that. So you still have that whole, you know, you know, you know what the beasts of burden are for, so to speak. Yeah. Um, whereas Johnny Appleseed, he's just walking around. Yeah. Uh, he's, you know, there there were no other companions with him or anything like that. He's more of a solitary character, uh, but he's still out there. But he's more of a, yeah, more of a southern type character. Uh, after all, the the Mason Dixon line, if anybody's actually gone and looked at it, does not start in Virginia. No, it doesn't. Uh, I've actually I've been fortunate enough in my life to cross the Mason-Dixon line. <laughs> um, there's a sign that says Mason-Dixon line. I'm yep. like, oh, look! And my husband, who is not from the U.S., was like, I don't understand what the point of that line is. <laughs> I told him what the point of the line was. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> there is that. But that's the whole thing. It's, it's well, as you got got him running around and as a solitary creature, kind of like... He almost reminds me of a pan-type mm-hmm. creature, uh, running around by himself out in the forest, stuff like that. Uh, Pecos Bill is kind of the same deal. He really didn't have any companionship, but he's, you know, more of the weather deity, the real western deity type deal, because he's also pictured always as a cowboy. Yeah. So that's the other part. Uh, and once again, like I said, all of this is very Americanized. All oh, yeah. of this is... If so, for any of, our, any of our friends that are listening overseas that don't know... A lot about American these legends. Yeah, these legends that are out there. Yeah, go go look them up. You'll they're fun I think stories. You'll learn a lot through the course of this episode if you're mm. not from the U.S. about <laughs> um, American ideals. Right. Um, just because these are the characters that have been chosen to be given so much value in our country, and they represent these archetypes but with mm-hmm. a very american twist oh yeah um, well it's just like so one that we didn't include on here that i was thinking about uh which would probably represent like uh, a labor deity stuff like that would be john henry john henry which is a legend about he's a steel driving man so he was helping build the railroads yep. and it was said that he could he well he could out he could outlay track anybody than anybody else who was around. He would really be your Hephaestus. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, uh, because he always had a sledgehammer. Uh, he could, yeah, he could do all kinds of things with railroad tracks, railroad spikes, and would work from dawn basically, dusk. yeah, dawn to dusk. And the only in the legend, the only thing that ever happened to him was he they put him up against a steam-powered uh, driver that was driving spikes into the already laid track and he beat it but then he couldn't get up the next morning because he had worked so hard that he basically broke himself but that's that's how that legend kind of goes so there's possibly that's actually a true story i can see that possibly being a true story but the legend lives on that yeah he you know still driving man worked worked hard all his life everything like that yeah and yeah he could he could outdo anybody so um, our next archetype we're going to talk about is going to be our winter deities, <laughs> which um, winter is a big aspect in many cultures. It definitely plays a huge aspect here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And our chief winter deity is Santa Claus. Because that would have been, obviously, as we have done, we imported him 
uh-huh. and have made him into an Americanized, an Americanized version. Version, yes. You know, which because I think we've talked about it on here before. You know, Krampus didn't start showing up in the American, even Gosh. zeitgeist until the what seventies, eighties. Oh no, it was later than that. Yeah. I mean, they didn't make a movie until like recently. Uh, yeah, recently, the last ten years or something like that. Yeah, so Krampus really wasn't an American no. thing, whereas Santa Claus very oh, much yeah. was. Oh, and yeah. I mean, you think it, he sees you when you're sleeping, he mm-hmm. goes when you're awake. He's mm-hmm. omnipotent. And he's with the CIA, obviously. Yes. Um, <laughs> th- for those of you who don't know, you can totally track Santa Claus on NORAD every year. Um, I highly recommend it. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> um, you know, he... he rewards children for good behavior and punishes children for bad behavior, but frankly, with the energy crisis, a little bit of coal wouldn't go amiss. That's true. Um, you know, uh, so he, he definitely has magical powers. Oh, absolutely. Um, the ability to go everywhere in the world in a single night, the mm-hmm. ability to um, get in and out of houses mm-hmm. through a chimney or however they do it in houses without a chimney. Called breaking and entering. Um, so my house, um, I have a fireplace, but it's a gas fireplace, so we don't have a chimney. And mm-hmm. we always told the kids Santa comes in by making a chimney. If you've ever seen the oh, yeah. Santa Claus, yeah, um, something like that. What did you tell your kids about how Santa comes in and out? Because you don't even have a fireplace. That's true. Uh, so he just he's able to slip in, just like you know, that's one of his magical abilities. Is he can just come in? It, it doesn't matter, and. They bought it so far. When I was when I was little, I lived in in the deep south, mm-hmm. and most houses in the deep south do not have fireplaces mm-hmm. because why would you need one? Mm-hmm. Um, and my parents said that he had a key to our house. Oh wow! That's yeah, they possible. said that they mailed him a key. Ah, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, no, I just I attribute it to his magical abilities. Yeah. He's just he's just able to get in and get out uh, without breaking anything. No. Oh. Um, another deity of winter that we talked about that's mm-hmm. very much an American um, invention <laughs> is Jack Frost. Which anybody that's uh, been in the polar vortex, you understand Jack Frost is very real. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, he, he definitely, he, he and the snow, or the cold miser yeah. are hard at work. Snow miser and heat miser. That's right. Yeah, um, I will say that Jack Frost, while being a winter deity, I think very much takes the um, trickster deity. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Thing because you think about it, um, in, in our American culture, we look at Jack Frost. Uh, yeah, he makes it cold. He brings the snowstorms. He puts the Ice. frost yeah. out on your windows. Mm-hmm. He does all that. But we've always been told he makes the snowstorms so the kids can go out and have snowball fights. Right. And he makes it cold as a lark. Right. And he's very much about the fun of winter and right. not the miserableness of winter. Which makes sense because winter can be a little bit miserable. And so if you're going to create a figure to tell your kids about, mm-hmm. you're going to make him fun and silly and go right. out and have snowball fights and go ice skating. And right. All the fun. Yeah. Build an igloo. And that's also why you got to come up with a figure like the Snow Miser. Yes. So that way he's the guy that actually just likes it being cold. Yeah. And he's the polar opposite, obviously, of the heat miser. Yes. For anybody that's not watched those, those are old claymation, stop motion uh, stuff from, oh gosh, the 60s. Yeah, so let's just say before my childhood. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, um, before my childhood. But they, they're, they're iconic and they're a lot of fun. So if you haven't seen them, I highly go recommend it. Um, the one with the snow miser and heat miser is A Year Without a Santa Claus. That's it, yep. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun. It is. It's a, it is a lot of fun. It's pretty funny. Uh, it's so when you go watch them, the first one to watch is the Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer one. Yeah. That'll introduce you to a lot of a lot of the different style of what they were doing, and they're just they're fun. They're campy, and um, just just laugh. Santa Claus is coming to town, which introduces you to the Santa Claus character as that's a true. ZM. Yep, that's true too. So all those things are just once again. You're making stuff fun. You're making it, okay, this is supposed to be a fun time of year. And some of it, frankly, because obviously now we're in January. And, yeah, it's, so all of the, you know, of course, well, mostly. All the fun of Christmas is over. Yeah, I was going to say, most of the Christmas decorations are put away by everybody by now. They've taken the lights off the house. They've taken down the Christmas trees. They've done everything like that. 
And so now it's just now you're in for at least a couple of months of cold, bleak, gray, darkness. And it's like, okay, even though the days are getting longer, yeah. it's one of those you still have those things that are happening. And um, it, it's just kind of funny. Though I do have one in a similar vein of Persephone. Okay. Which is going to be um, the Groundhog. Oh, Groundhog Fox, Day. Foxtani Phil. Yeah, that's actually, by the way, that's one of my one of my other favorite holidays. That's I watch that movie holiday. every single February second. Watch that movie every February second. I love it. Uh, I'm I've, I've been told that that's basically the only time of year that I can watch that movie. Kind of like Christmas Vacation. Uh, I because I do I enjoy that movie a lot. The movie is extremely hilarious if you've never seen it. It's with Bill Murray, and it's just a lot of fun. It also, of course, if you if you actually sit there and watch it and watch it multiple viewings, you actually get the message from it, which is that yeah, it's one of those you you should be a better person. Yeah. And you know it he he was trapped there for a long time. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I heard somewhere it was like a thousand years or something. It it was a long time. Yeah. Uh, there's different variations on it. I've I've seen the ones that that basically cut it down to okay how how much minimum time would it take to learn some of these skills that he had yeah. different things like that and it's still a long time. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> but um, so I mean for those who don't know um, in American zeitgeist, um, the groundhog comes out of his burrow on February 2nd, and if he sees his shadow, he mm -hmm. gets scared, he goes back in, there's going to be six more weeks of winter. Mm -hmm. If he doesn't see his shadow, spring comes early. Right. And so he very much occupies that changing of the seasons. Yeah. Deity aspect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, obviously the, 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 the little varmint there hasn't been elevated to deity status, <laughs> but it's one of those, he's probably, I would say, more along the lines of a magical creature. Yeah, probably. That, that'd probably be the best. He'd be putting that with the elementals and stuff like yeah. that. He'd be putting that that whole deal. But <laughs> yeah, it's always fun. And by the way, I do watch that every February second. Uh, I highly recommend you do. It's, yeah, it's, it's fun. fun Sometimes he's right. Most of the time he's wrong. Uh, it just well, depends. Well, in the U.S. So, Pox Tawny Phil is the main one that we have. Mm -hmm. um, however, there are, a there are several groundhogs, and mm -hmm. if you notice, every year, different groundhogs say different things. Yeah, they do. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, like I said, the most famous one there is obviously Pox Tawny Phil, because he's been around the longest, and they, they have a whole celebration, everything mm -hmm. like that. It's really funny. They didn't film the movie there in Pox Tawny. Uh, they actually filmed it in a different place. And where they actually do it, if you ever watch it, where they actually do the whole bringing him out, uh, allegedly talking to the creature, which is kind of funny too, uh, talking to him to figure out, okay, did he see his shadow or not, that's actually done on a hill outside of town. <laughs> and yeah, that's one of the reasons they did not, for the movie, they didn't want to do that. Yeah. They wanted, wanted it in town, town. Yeah. the celebration and everything. And don't, don't get me wrong, there is a celebration out there. And it's actually pretty neat to watch. I've actually never gone there in person, mainly because it's in Pennsylvania, and it's in February. Yeah. Wow. And yeah. I don't know if we've explained this to you, but we're southernish folks. Yeah. It's cold in Pennsylvania in February. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I don't particularly want to do that trip. I'll be more than happy to sit and watch it while I drink my cocoa. I'm good. Okay. So uh, the next archetype we wanted to talk about was going to be uh, Hella. Hella. Um, so in American discourse, there is not a very indigenous um, bad word um, intrinsic <laughs> American god that is a death god. However, Hella um, uh, from the Norse pantheon mm -hmm. has definitely been imported into American. Zeitgeist oh, yeah. as a death god. And, right. and I think as a death god, just in general, I love Hela. Um, or Hel. Um, she's called Hela sometimes. Sometimes she's called Hel. Uh, you know what I love about her is she's very morally neutral. Mm. You know? Well, 
She is a death goddess. So. She, she is a death goddess, but she's morally neutral in the aspect that Hades is morally neutral. Mm-hmm. Not the way um, the Judeo-Christian death god right. or death person um, is. Whereas, you know, you go to her land and if you get punished, then you deserve it. If you don't deserve it, you get rewarded. But, like, death ha- come, death is the great equalizer. It comes right. to us all. Right. But, uh, you know, another one is the Grim Reaper. Absolutely. The Grim Reaper is also very morally neutral. Death comes for us all. Mm-hmm. Only th- and, two things that are inevitable are death and taxes. Right, and the and the Reaper is actually a holdover from uh, the Black Death. Yeah. And that's still, to this day, people still talk about the Reaper, right? So even with the Judeo-Christian stuff, it's one of those you still have the Reaper, which is actually really kind of funny because when you read through... Once again, read through the Bible. There's no mention of a reaper, okay? There's the death angel. That's true. There's that. Uh, and, of course, as she, as she talked about, the, the four horsemen of the apocalypse, which is death. And you have, of course, you know, hell with uh, Lucifer or Satan, devil, whichever one you want to call him. Uh, he's, he's supposedly the ruler over that kingdom. And that's all in the current, right, the current pantheon type stuff uh which is really funny right yeah you, you think about it it's like there should be no more if it was a total takeover which is the other part here to skew off of the funness for just a second if it was a total takeover you would think that there'd be no more mentions of the reaper right because it'd just be totally wiped out from any of that stuff and yet i still hear people talk about it even in church settings yeah because it's so ingrained and so deeply embedded within all of us because that there's I think a reaper. The, I think the reaper is an idea. Oh, yeah. It, it's an idea more than it is a figure. And, and obviously all of the characters are talking about are ideas, but more the reaper is death. Mm-hmm. The reaper is not the angel of death. It's right. Not the, it, it is the anthropomorphication personification of death. It's right. not the god of death. Right. And there's actually a potential. We'll talk about this. Actually, our, our next episode is going to be on Tulpa's. So there's a potential that I really believe that because he's gotten so much into the human psyche and it's been projected that, I mean, you can see him in paintings, you can see him in film now, of course he's in stories, I think he's actually become a tulpa. Oh, so, yeah, no, fully. Yeah, it's, it's one of those, there's a high potential that there is actually an entity running around that is the Reaper. And we're going to go in depth on what a tulpa is in our next episode, so... Come back next time. It'll be a lot of fun. Right. Um, so another one we've got is going to be our goddess of freedom. Right. Um, and that's going to be Lady Liberty. Yeah. Which I think it's interesting. You know, um, obviously we've even got a statue of her. You know, given to us by the French. Given to us by the French. Um, and uh, uh, and I, I think it's very interesting, you know, that it's a goddess of freedom, but still a very American version. Oh yeah, big because, time. Um, you know, it's give us, give me your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was very much send us your European poor and your European huddled well, yeah. masses. <laughs> yeah. um, so even our goddess of freedom is not the freest goddess All of freedom. All inclusive. Exactly, which is not grand, but... Well, you know, I mean, it's once American. again, it's... So, the idea here, just like, if you go back and look at any of the pantheons, Greek mythology, Roman mythology, uh, Middle Eastern mythology, the, some of the Asian mythology stuff, it's always evolving. That's the other part. As long as the culture's alive, and as long as the culture keeps going, they always keep evolving. So you'll have gods and goddesses that come and go. You'll have gods and goddesses that change over time. Mm-hmm. You'll have ones that take on different roles based upon, okay, well, we we kind of we did away with this one, but we kept this one. And it, it's also a reflection of if you get invaded. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like here, it's one of those, it would be a melting pot of different things going on. Mm-hmm. So you would have, and, and you really would, you would have some, and we're going to talk about that here in a minute, in just a second, actually, you would have some figures from even Native American lore mm-hmm. that would get incorporated in because they would become such a central part 
of the American experience that you couldn't escape them. Yeah. They would just be there all the time. So, like, for instance, you might even have potentially, maybe not even deities, but they might be some type of entities where you would have people who were explorers, mm -hmm. they would call upon Lewis and Clark and Pocahontas. Yeah. Right? So you would have those three, and, and I know there's, there's discussions about what all was going on with that whole trio there, but we're not going to get into that. But the, you know, you had those three that could be potential traveling entities yeah. that, you know, are with you as you explore or with you as you travel, yeah. different things like that. But they would evolve. And just like the ones that have evolved over time, even here, that we don't necessarily, you know, I'm not worshiping Santa Claus, okay? That ain't happening. But it's one of those, in, in, this, in this fun, the fun little thing that we're doing, if we were, it obviously, it's one of those, Krampus might be starting to creep in mm -hmm. because people, especially Germanic origin, stuff like that, would start telling those stories like they have been, and now it's becoming more mainstream, and so therefore maybe Krampus is going to go and sit back to Santa Claus. Yeah. And so instead of Santa Claus punishing children, he wouldn't, it would be Krampus. Yeah. So you, you have that evolution that occurs naturally within the different type, you know, uh, Egyptian, Egyptian mythology mm -hmm. comes to mind. You have things that change over time based upon where the culture, one, where the culture is going, yeah. and the current morality and ethics that are inside that culture at the time. Exactly. So like for instance right now, obviously as we talked about, Uncle Sam is a huge war deity. Yeah. Well, what if, for instance, just saying, what if there was nobody to really fight against? Yeah. And you've created peace, so to speak, mm -hmm. at least for a limited amount of time. Now I'm talking about at least a couple generations. Yeah. Well, Uncle Sam's going to get put on the back burner, and he's not going to be nearly as important as, yeah. say, uh, Lady, Liberty. Lady Liberty. Right, because, okay, we, we've recognized the fact that everybody wants freedom and deserves freedom, and therefore that's what we finally accomplished, mm -hmm. and now everybody's free, and so we don't have to worry about War Uncle anymore. Sam anymore, at not to a certain extent. Much, yeah. Right. And so, therefore, yeah, Lady Liberty now becomes more important and takes a higher, basically, worship. Than Uncle Sam would. Um, so our next one, we're going to talk about a deity of food. So when we talk about food in the American discourse, I don't know about you, but I think about Thanksgiving. Right. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not that we don't eat all year long, but my <laughs> gosh, do we eat on Thanksgiving? <laughs> and so when I think about who's the main figure in Thanksgiving, I think about Squanto. Right. Squanto being the Native American who came and and helped the white people survive the winter and um, how you to know, grow crops, taught them how to grow crops, taught them how to not be complete idiots, right? Um, and then you know brought his tribe in and they had the big first mm -hmm. Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. um, that is the story the we story. all agreed yep. to tell each other. Right. Um, and we can go again into great depth at another time about how historically accurate and fair that story is but since what we're talking about is the mythos and right. not the reality right so the mythic figure of squanto being a provider of food you know very much like okay well you're idiots so let me teach you how to not die which by the way if you go to all the I mean, mythologies he, he, that's what happens but he comes off as very much a prometheus type figure oh yeah like, absolutely Okay, guys, you're idiots. Here's some fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Remember, put your corn kernel into a fish and plant it in the ground, yeah. and it will produce more corn. Yep. Right. It, you know, different things like that. And so you have the whole, like I said, yeah, he, he is almost like a Prometheus-type figure, and the, the mythos that's gone around it, once again, even in, without even doing this fun American Pantheon thing, with just the actual legends that are there, that's what's there. Yeah. Uh, you know, people, and people really do believe it, especially now. And it's, so we're talking four or five hundred years now? Something Gosh, like that? Really, I, so, yeah, something like close that. to that, you know, it's, and it, don't get me wrong, I'm not giving exact dates, okay? But it's, it's around four or five hundred years that we've had this grow into this legend. Mm -hmm. Once again, because 
at first, what was it? It was an actual true story yeah. that everybody told each other. So what actually really happened would have been told because, okay, yeah, hey, he came in here and he taught us how to do these things. But over the generations, as the people who actually knew the man and actually knew what he did died off, then the story passes on. Now you're passing the story on again, and you're passing the yeah. so it, it it takes on a life of its own it and it grows. It becomes a mythos, which is what happens all the time. Which, by the way, just like Lord of the Rings, remember, don't forget your myths, because if you do, you'll forget some very important things that might be buried at the bottom of a, of a river. Anyways. And then finally, we have our mother goddess, our mm. goddess of motherhood and family, hearth and home, very much Hestia and Hera, um, and that is going to be Mrs. Martha Washington. Right. And when um, you who, again, a real life figure who actually yep. existed. Yep. Um, and yet, when when I think of a, a mother in the American zeitgeist, mm -hmm. I think most of us think of her. Right, because we've all we've we've mythologized the Washingtons quite a bit. Oh, we absolutely have. Yeah, you know, there's all kinds of stories about George Washington that aren't true uh, from a historical perspective if you really dive deep into it. You know, there are some that are true. Uh, but overall, it's one of those, they were just humans. Yeah. And and that's, they, they, like I said, that goes back to the whole thing that we're saying. This is just for fun. We're just having a good time. Don't and take any we, of this seriously. And when we say Martha Washington and Squanto and Johnny Appleseed, we're not talking about the actual real-life historical People. figures. Right. We're talking about the myths of them that exist. Right. The myths have become the right. pantheon. And, and that's what exactly would happen. So, yeah, Martha Martha there as as the yeah, as the all-mother type deal. And, yeah, because she would, I, I, I agree, she would represent everything that would be the ideal for how you would have your house, how you would have your kids, how you would do everything with that. So she, well, and that would be the other part, she would replace the uh, maiden mother crone mm -hmm. for that pantheon. I agree. And especially because we all see her, myself at least, you can see her as Martha Dandridge, the oh, maiden. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Martha uh, Dandridge Carter, because mm -hmm. um, she was married before she married uh, Washington. Washington. Mm -hmm. um, the uh, mother, even though she never was blessed with children of her own, and then a young Martha Dandridge Carter Washington, the mother of the nation, and right. then an older one, definitely the crumbs. Right. So, you know, in our mythos, she's definitely all those images. Right. And so, therefore, it's one of those. It kind of, and, and it was, it was, this was a fun little experiment to see what we could come up with for different things. Uh, I did check the email. We didn't have any emails from anybody suggesting anything else. If you have uh, a figure that you think would fit well into our Pantheon, please let us know. And if you're from somewhere outside the U.S. Mm -hmm. and you would like to talk about your um, cultural Pantheon, please let us know. I'd love to know um, what that would be. Right, and it's... The email is magic with a K for info at gmail.com. And I always put that, well, now at least, I always put that on the recording for when you actually pull it up. It should be there in the comments section or the details section about how to get in touch with us. But yeah, it's, that would be, yeah, that would actually be really cool to find out. Like, for instance, you know, if you've got some ideas for what your Pantheon would be in, say, New Zealand, you know, for what what exactly would your cultural pantheon be if it wasn't what it currently is. So, yeah. you know, a lot of places obviously, and, and we know this, a lot of places it's Judeo-Christian, right? Because that's what a lot of us are raised with, that's what a lot of us believe in, that's what I believe in. And so that's, but if it wasn't that, you know, just do some, it's some fun thinking. It's some fun little thought experiment where it's one as you think about, okay, what exactly would this be if it wasn't this? Yeah. So I have the benefit, obviously, uh, Alex here, uh, she she was now she's not you know type of deal yeah. but it's one of those she's got a pantheon of her own I that she worships and so that's actually been really fun too with the okay yeah who would be and yet none of the characters we talked about today are anywhere near my pantheon right exactly well because once again it's a very Americanized version yeah. and to be honest with you if you uh, if you want to worship them then you'll be giving power to them that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, as far as I know, I don't think, other than maybe Hela, I don't think anybody's worshipping any of these 
Seriously. No. Um, people are giving, obviously, they're giving power to Uncle Sam. Yeah. I get that. Uh, but not as a, not in the way we described but it. But I think it's also idea. important to remember, like, when we were kids, our, I read books about Johnny Appleseed and oh, Martha yeah. Washington mm-hmm. and Squanto. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we read about them, um, obviously, often idealized stories. Right. But they were very much part of our education in our oh, in yeah. childhood. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's... And I think it's fun, you know, when you look at Johnny Appleseed, and, and what did we say? This is the American apple pie mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. version. <laughs> well, yeah, it is. Um, and Johnny Appleseed is one of the reasons we call apple pie American, because in right. reality, it's an Austrian dessert. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the stuff, which, of course, obviously, as people have talked about, you know, America's a melting pot, and that's yeah. one of the things. You have all kinds of different cultures coming in. You have all kinds of different things going on. Uh, it's just like, you know, I could have brought up uh, the uh, Mexican uh, death, well, death entity mm-hmm. that's uh, Santa Moreta. Mm-hmm. You know, we could have brought that up uh, because that's starting to also be incorporated, especially if you're in the Southwest. Yeah. Because a lot of a lot of the Texas, cultures, New Mexico, oh, Arizona. Arizona, yeah, uh, which, well, there you go. We'll, we'll talk about another show real quick. So Breaking Bad, if you ever watched Breaking Bad, remember the two assassins that got sent up from Mexico to deal with Walter White, that was their goddess. Yeah. Um, they even show some of that about, you know, people crawling on their hands and knees to the, uh, the uh, oh, what am I trying to think of? The altar slash kind of temple type deal that they made for that thing. Uh, but yeah, they show that. So, like I said, it's starting to influence and starting to come into that culture, and so it's being introduced to other people. Now, obviously, some people knew about it beforehand. That 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 is true, but it wasn't nearly as prevalent, I will say, as for instance, like if you're if you well, you'll know this if you grew up in or around Louisiana, New Orleans, especially stuff like that, mm-hmm. New Orleans. If you grew up around there. You knew all of, uh, a lot of people knew about maybe not practice but they knew about voodoo, hoodoo, all oh, those different things absolutely. because that culture has it in there. Oh yeah, I remember my dad taking me to Mary Le- to Marie Laveau's mm. grave. If she's actually dead. Well, <laughs> there is a. Um, I've heard that there story is a too. Mausoleum yeah, with her name on it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's another fun story to look up. By the way, if you want to look up Marie Laveau. Uh, and just you can you can once again you can look up the real facts, yeah. and then you can also look up some of the stories mythos. that are probably going to be mythos here not too long. Uh, especially, I would say, a hundred years, oh, yeah. uh, it'll definitely be mythos. But it's there those... definitely is a mythos in that area. The oh, reason we didn't, yeah. I, I didn't want to pull her into this one is because we were talking about the all American. Um, right. Anyone who's from the U.S. can tell you that it's such a big area. Mm that there's subpopulations, huge subpopulations, oh, yeah. but anyone from the Deep South will tell you, <laughs> there's the South and then there's Louisiana. Right, that's, yeah, that's absolutely a truism. Because there is different, it's a different culture. It is, uh, it, it, sometimes yeah. it's like going to a whole different country. Absolutely, because depending on where you go, and depending on who you talk to, they do have, they have some really good stories uh, they do have a different view on several things, mm-hmm. and you know you got to remember they're living in a different area than most of the U.S. is because and there's a lot of swampland. And they they're very culturally different. They are and unique. They are, but it's one of those, they still have several things that are, you know, they're still everybody. Yeah, with everybody else. So once again, this would this would play for them as well. But yeah, you're right. That would be probably. If there was an American pantheon, which once again, you would have different just like everywhere else. The Greeks had it, the Romans definitely had it. You have different groups worshipping different entities with still observing the major entities. Yeah. So, like for instance, yeah, obviously you would have Marie Laveau would definitely, if you were, I guarantee, if you were a conjurer or anything like that, that would be one of your main deities you're you're praying to and worshipping. <laughs> just because, yeah, it's like... The stories behind some of the stuff that she allegedly did, uh, some of the stuff that she did do, there's yeah, there's quite quite a bit of power going on there. 
but that was just an example for everybody that was wondering why I brought that up. It's just an example of how the differences would be based on where you were. For instance, I guarantee you, any of the folks that are listening on the West Coast, so I'm talking Oregon, California, Washington State, stuff like that, you probably have some influences from Chinese mythology, mm -hmm. Japanese mythology, uh, different things like that, even the Philippines, because, once again, there's a lot of people that come there from those areas, and they bring all their culture with them, they bring their mythos with them, they bring all those things with them, and whereas East Coast is more of European, yeah. brought the European stuff with them. It's very much it, more Germanic. It is. Mediterranean, yeah. brought, you know, the Mediterranean influence with them, whereas once again, you go down south, and I'm talking Texas and stuff like that, you go down south, and it's more of a, Spanish. what did you get from the Spaniards, what did you get from the Mayans, what did you get from the Incans, it, it's all those cultural influences. Now, when you come when you come in and you look at it from a total perspective, it is. It's like, okay, so we've got a melting pot here, and we've got people that believe different things, and, and even in, and I know we're running a little long, but that's okay, I, I think people enjoy listening to us enough to let us run a little long. Yeah. It's one of those... <laughs> Even in the Judeo-Christian world, anybody who's involved in it, you understand that there's different denominations oh, yeah. because different people have different views on different things. It's actually really funny, at least to me. I, I, I grew up in the church. Uh, I've been doing this for, wow, yeah. Uh, I've, I've actually, yeah, I've been a, a full-on believer for like baptized, everything like that. That's what I'm talking about with that. Uh, for 34 years now. Wow. So, yeah, I, it's a long time. And it's really kind of funny to look at it, especially from that perspective, when I take a step back and look at all the different funny stuff going on with the different denominations. One, who argue with each other over things, which is just, it's to me, it's just, it's crazy. It's like, okay. And then, you know, just the, the little fights that people get in about things that really don't matter. Oh, yeah. And for one, one of the main ones is, well, is that really worth fighting over? And usually it's not. But, once again, people have their different views on things, which is why we've got so many of the different denominations. And the other part that goes along with that is, because once again, they brought them over here with them. Yeah. You know, I mean, you had you had several denominations that came over here at the same time. Then you had people splitting off to go do other things because of, you know, whatever disagreement they had or, you know, stuff like that. And, yeah, it's really kind of funny because, and we've sat and talked about this before, it even happens in the pagan culture. Oh, Why? Yeah. Because humans are humans. Oh, yeah. And it's really kind of funny because you see it in everything. You see it in... Uh, Satanism, like, you know, you've seen that happen. Uh, you, yeah, you see it. And, and you know, it, so to me, and, and, and I don't think I've ever told her this, you know, looking at uh, paganism and stuff like that, they have some beautiful stuff, mm -hmm. beautiful beliefs. They have beautiful things going on because any, any, any religion worth its salt is all about love. Yeah. And every single one of them. And so the ones that aren't, they usually die off pretty quick. I'm a firm believer that your religion should bring something positive to you. Absolutely. If your religion isn't bringing you happiness or peace or a sense of purpose or mm -hmm. something, I mean, I'd never tell someone to change their religion, but sweetie, you need to reevaluate why they do religion. <laughs> right. Like, that would be the only time I would ever tell someone, like, so you're telling me your religion makes you miserable and doesn't right. bring anything? Why do you do this? Like, right. Exactly. Uh, it, and it's it's the same thing, and and I've uh, <laughs> yeah I've I've made some people upset when you know if you're not if you're not having a positive relationship in in Christianity if you're not having a positive relationship with you know God Jesus you know you don't you don't you don't have a positive relationship with the Holy Spirit then why are you doing this? You know, and that it, was honestly why I left, because I wasn't having a positive right. relationship. Right. So, and, and, and now I do. I have positive relationships with my gods. And there it you works go. And for me. For you. And, and that's the whole thing. It, it's And for me, it works for me. Exactly. Like, I have a positive relationship with mine, and, and it's great. And 
Yeah, it's... My main thing is, it has to be a positive influence in your life. It yeah. should always be something that you can come back and you can lean on and, you know, go, okay, this makes me feel better. This makes me... If I'm having a bad day, this makes me feel better. Yeah. If I'm having problems, if I'm having... Because, by the way, I, once again, don't care who you are or what you're practicing or anything like that, you're going to have problems. You're going to have troubles in this life. Oh, yeah. It's going to happen. Nobody that I know of is just... As much as Facebook may show it or Instagram or whatever, those are not people's actual lives, okay? Yeah. It's, it's one of those... Life. Everybody's life is complicated. Everybody's life has problems. Uh, everybody has ups and downs. Yeah. You know, it, it always happens, no matter what. So... All that said, just like with this, with this American Pantheon stuff that we're having fun with and everything like that, if for some reason somebody decided they wanted to do that, as long as you're having positive influence in your life, as long as you're having positive influence in other people's lives, Definitely. then absolutely, go for it. But it comes down to, if you're miserable, you need to find something else. Yeah. Period. Dot. If you're miserable. And, by the way, that shouldn't be miserable because... Other people are making you miserable. Don't ever let somebody else control your joy, okay? Yeah. Ever. It's one of those, it should be if you're not having a positive relationship. So, like, for instance, if <laughs> if for some reason uh, Alex over here came to me and said, hey, I'm not having a positive relationship anymore with my deities. I don't think they love me. They're not giving me the love and hope that, that I need in my life. I'd certainly invite her to come with me and at least experience mine. Yeah. So that way, and and I'm sure the same would be true for her. Yeah. If I came to her and said, "Hey, look, I don't think I'm, you know, I don't think God's listening to me anymore. I don't think Jesus loves me anymore. You know, all that kind of stuff," I'm sure she would invite me to come and hang out with hers, because that's what it's about as well. Is not the, and, and I know that's why people have so much. Uh, we call it church hurt and stuff like yeah. that. Is because somebody tried to slam it down your throat yeah. so hard that it's one of those. You have to be this way. Well, you don't have to. You can, if, if you're not having a positive relationship, you and that deity, then you don't need to be there. Yeah, and that, and that ultimately is what it comes down to. Right. What works for one person is not going to work for everyone. But I really do hope that all of y'all um, <laughs> enjoyed um, our fun game of who's in the American Pantheon and, and, and uh Give, indulge us when we go a little bit off topic and on tangent. That's always fun. Um, and we can't wait to talk, talk to you next time when we're going to talk about tulpas. What yeah. are they? What constitutes a deity? Um, and how tulpas relate to them. And it's... I'm, maybe even... We may even tell you how to make one. Uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see. Tulpas are thought forms, so yeah. you, it, you have to be careful. They, they can be dangerous. Yes. But... It's one of those, I'll give you, yeah, you know what, I'll give a couple safety tips. Yeah. Why not? We'll definitely That'll go work. on safety tips on consultants. Anyways, hope everybody's enjoyed this. Even when we had a little bit of off topic, maybe ranting a little bit, but that's all right. And this, I know, has run a little bit long, but hopefully everybody enjoys it. And we will see you next time.